Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 29 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Please listen to Season 4, Episode 27 and Episode 28 for Part 1 and 2 of this four-part case. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. After Nicola Fellow's murder in 1986, her parents Susan and Barry moved to London with Jonathan, their remaining child. Due to the unimaginable strain put on the couple, their marriage did not last, and they divorced. They blamed each other. Susan would tell the Argus newspaper, the whole family went through hatred, revenge, and all the grief you go through when you finally accept she isn't going to be with you anymore. It is like multiplying your worst case scenario by a thousand. People tell you it will get easier, but it doesn't. We just try to cope in any way we can. Susan campaigned for changes to the law. She lobbied Home Secretary at the time David Blunkett to ensure that any person who has been convicted of a sex crime against children carry out their sentence in full if they have not completed therapy, 
and is still deemed a risk to the public. Susan handed a 40,000 name petition to Downing Street. Along with her brother-in-law Nigel Heffron, Susan told the Home Secretary that she wanted justice for her daughter Nicola and sought an internal report produced on the Wild Park murders. Nigel Heffron was so appalled by the crimes that he suggested bringing back the death penalty. What deterrent is there to stop people snatching children off the street, he said. Nothing has changed since the Moores murders, since Nicola's death or that of Sarah Payne. Life imprisonment does not mean life and we want to see a proper public debate and referendum on the return of the death penalty for child murderers. These people must know the consequences of their actions. I would vote for the death penalty, but what we are asking for is a proper debate and referendum. Susan Fellows, or Susan Eisman as she would later become, found a new partner, though she still kept the memory of Nicola with her. I've got a big photograph of Nikki in a frame on the living room wall, and I talk to her all the time, she said. In an interview with The Guardian during 2002, Susan wondered what her daughter would be doing now if she was still alive. She said, Would she be married? Would she have children? I wouldn't want anyone to go through what we've been through. You have to live with the memory of that night when you walk the streets thinking what you were going to do when you got hold of her for coming in so late. After Karen Hadaway's murder, her parents Michelle and Lee also moved away with their children. The couple also divorced, and in 1998 Lee Hadaway died following a heart attack. Many believe due to the strain of the loss, he died from a broken heart. He had moved back to Brighton, but found himself homeless, reliant on tranquilizers before his death. Michelle occasionally visited the bench and the plaque that commemorated the lives of the young girls. Every time I visit, I still feel that guilt that I could have saved her, she said. Michelle would tell Guardian reporter Libby Brooks. The night they went missing, most people gave up their own time to go out looking, and afterwards they were all devastated because it could have been anybody's child. Russell Bishop had been in prison 12 years when in August 2002 he was taken for emergency surgery. The prisoner serving his sentence at HMP Full Sutton was transported the 12 miles west to York Hospital to undergo heart bypass surgery. For the relatives of those affected by the crimes at Wild Park, it seemed no time had passed at all and the man they suggested was responsible did not deserve the life-saving treatment he was receiving. Michelle Johnson, Karen Hadaway's mother who had since reverted to her maiden name, said, These monsters think nothing about abducting kids. They don't deserve any consideration. He should have to pay for any medical treatment he gets. In 
In November 2002, there appeared to be some movement on the case. Following a speech by the Queen, it was announced there were plans to remove the double jeopardy laws across England and Wales, in which a person could not be tried twice for the same offence. The changes announced were retrospective, which meant that the murders at Wild Park could be reinvestigated. A police spokesperson said, We regularly look at unsolved cases to see if there are any changes in witness statements or scientific evidence. We will be looking to see if advances in forensic testing could take the case forward. There was now a ray of hope that the culprit of the Babes in the Wood killings would finally be unmasked and the family would see justice. Nicola's mother Susan Eisman said, It has given us hope and encouragement. Not a day goes by without me thinking of Nicola, and I will not rest until justice is done. Karen's mother, Michelle Johnson, was more cautious, telling reporters, We have only ever wanted the right person to be locked away, but it is very hard to be optimistic when we keep coming up against closed doors. This has devastated my family. My husband died of a heart attack. My brother died during the trial. I just hope something can be found that proves it either way. It was believed the key to the mystery was the Pinto sweatshirt linked forensically to the murders. If they could tie the person responsible to that piece of clothing, Sussex police might be able to finally get some answers. Sussex police continued with their reinvestigation. Russell Bishop was convalescing in hospital after undergoing surgery and it looked likely that he would be due for parole at some point in early 2004. A detective with the Sussex CID was asked about Bishop's release and if any forensic material had been found linking Bishop to the murders of Nicola and Karen in 1986. As the law stands, Mr Bishop could not be tried again even if we came up with new evidence, the detective said. Apart from the forensic material found on the Pinto sweatshirt, evidence reportedly gathered so far included a further statement in which it was confirmed that a witness had seen Bishop in the top link to the crimes, and there were rumours that there was a receipt for the same sweatshirt, allegedly purchased by a relative of Bishop's. While new evidence was collated, The entire prosecution hinged on the changes to the law, which were debated in the House of Commons in September 2003. The changes were permitted, but only for certain crimes. These included murder, rape, manslaughter, and other violent acts such as armed robbery and kidnapping, all of this providing the Court of Appeal dismissed the acquittal and a retrial had been agreed by the Director of Public Prosecutions. While this was good news, these laws were not something that could be changed overnight. It would be several years before the law would come into effect. In the meantime, the families were doing anything they could to link Bishop to the murders in Wild Park. This included taking him to small claims court for damaging the clothing worn by the two girls. 
while the damages claim would only be for a small amount of £15, against the legal costs of £4,000, it would add weight to the argument that Bishop was responsible. The families were later convinced to hold off any legal action until a decision had been taken by the police to charge him again for the killings. With the good news of the changes in the law and the cold case review, named Operation Salop, there looked to be a sea change in the investigation. In an effort to gather as much evidence as possible, the families began going through old paperwork and Michelle, Karen's mother, found a receipt from a production company working for the BBC. It was signed by broadcaster Martin Bashir. The family had given over evidence which included a sweatshirt, t-shirt and vest worn by Karen Hadaway on the day she was murdered. The family asked for the clothing back, but were told it may have been lost. At the time, the case was going to be covered on BBC current affairs programme Public Eye, but the family never heard any more from the production company, and the programme never read. A spokesman for the BBC said, We have only recently learned these items may have been in the possession of Public Eye in 1991. We have made extensive inquiries to try and track them down, but without success. We will continue to look into this. Bashir's agent told the Daily Mirror newspaper his client was very concerned. Quote, The clothes were taken to this production meeting. Martin is doing everything he can to find them. Michelle Johnson, Karen's mother, said, The loss of Karen's clothing is devastating. I can't tell you how upset I am. This man exposes Michael Jackson, but evidence that could have put someone away for murdering two little children has been carelessly lost. With the news of missing evidence fresh in their minds, the families had to face the prospect of the number one suspect in the case being released on parole after he was convicted of the abduction, sexual assault and attempted murder of a seven-year-old girl. But when he went before a parole board, Russell Bishop was told he would remain behind bars at Wakefield Prison in South Yorkshire for at least several more years. Nicola's uncle spoke with the Argus newspaper and said, The whole family is very relieved. It's good to know justice is still strong and has kept this man behind bars. This man should never come out of prison. We are now delighted the double jeopardy laws have changed and the police can now investigate the children's deaths again. As 2004 came and went, there were reports that Russell Bishop was to be transferred to a hospital rather than a prison due to him reportedly being diagnosed with a mental illness. These rumours reached the families of Nicola and Karen who were furious as one of Nicola's uncles claimed if Bishop had a mental illness, he could not be questioned about the murders at Wild Park. Upon being interviewed, Nicola's uncle said, Somebody has orchestrated this. What better way of stopping an investigation than by saying, Sorry, he can't answer questions because he is mentally unstable. Under the Police and Criminal Justice Evidence Act, 
Someone cannot be interviewed if they have a mental impairment. This is a tactic to help Bishop get out of a second trial. This spurred Bishop's father, Roy Bishop, who rarely spoke to the media, to categorically deny this was the case. He said, We spoke to him just the other day, and there is nothing wrong with him in that way at all. I would swear on my life. Roy Bishop added, I don't know where ideas Russell is mentally ill have come from, but they are just a load of old cobblers. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to Centair.com and using promo code AMONGUS for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at Centair.com. What had seemed like a light at the end of the tunnel, or at least a glimmer of hope, looked instead to be fading fast. Head of the Sussex CID was interviewed about the reinvestigation, though he gave little away concerning the evidence gathered. He told local reporters that at the time, 
it was looking like a conviction would not be possible. Quote, I am not confident of a breakthrough in the immediate future, but the inquiry remains open and forensic testing is continuing. I have to say there is no real prospect of Bishop being retried at the moment. That said, if new evidence comes along then that will change the situation. I am deliberately being frank because I do not want to give the victim's families false hope. It was confirmed to the families involved that at the time, a prosecution was not possible. It seemed all they could do was wait, and that was something they would have to do for many, many years. The families certainly did not wait for police to find answers. Nigel Heffron, Nicola's uncle, arranged for a website to be created babesinthewood.info The site, which has since been decommissioned, included newspaper articles and televised news reports, along with information about the local area and travel times on the day of the murders. It was hoped by publishing those details it might get the public to question if they were travelling in the area around the time of the murders. There were also stills and episode information on television shows broadcast on that date and music played and released around the time. Anything to aid the memory of someone who might have seen something. Nigel Heffron was interviewed by the BBC and said, They had a lot of school friends at the time who would have information that was never passed to the police for one reason or another. This website is designed for these children, who would be adults now, to come forward to talk to us. If they have information, they can pass it down the line to us and we can pass it on to the police. Head of Sussex CID Graham Cox was asked for comment about the website and stated, while the Babes in the Wood inquiry remains open, this website could prove to be a useful tool in jogging people's memories as to what happened on that day. Still, in spite of the changes to the law, new witnesses and the families bringing together all the information they had on the case, Nicola and Karen's families were told there was not enough evidence to mount a prosecution against Russell Bishop. Frustration hit fever pitch and Nigel Heffron, Nicola's uncle, was furious at the decision. It might be years later and harder to look at the evidence, But what are the police for if not to investigate these things, he said. If they think we will just let them forget about this, they haven't learnt anything about our family. We will not be going away and we will fight until justice is served. Carrying flowers and teddy bears, the family staged a march, walking just over three miles north from Brighton's John Street Police Station to Wild Park marking two decades since the crimes and hoping to raise awareness for a judicial review of the case. Michelle Johnson, Karen Hadaway's mother, said, All we want is justice for those two girls. We haven't had justice in the past 20 years. In response, Nigel Liao, Assistant Chief Constable with Sussex Police, was interviewed about the case and where the inquiry was headed. We have recently carried out an extensive review 
and are satisfied that there is insufficient evidence to meet the necessary evidential standard required to formally seek the opinion of the CPS in relation to any possible suspects. As with any unsolved case, we remain anxious for any further evidence and will regularly review what we have. When questioned if Bishop was responsible, or perhaps someone else might have been involved in the killings, Yao refused to answer. This raised some questions about who was ultimately responsible. With another year passing, to add insult to injury, the commemorative bench that was put up in memory of the two young girls shortly after the murders was vandalised. A one-metre strip of the timber had been cut from the seat, a piece of stone underneath it had been removed, and someone had made attempts to pry off the plaque. After being interviewed, a member of the family said, What is it worth? Four pounds if that. In terms of the hurt for the family, it is priceless. It is so disgusting. The whole family is devastated. With the possibility, at least in the mind of the police, that Russell Bishop might not be involved in the killings of Nicola and Karen, another suspect was named during the investigation. Peter Tobin, a convicted sex offender and now a convicted murderer. His anger overflowed as he was led from court this evening. A final explosion of violence at the conclusion of a macabre sequence of events laid bare during a courtroom drama. Peter Tobin had been convicted of two rapes in the early 1990s before being released in 2004. He forced his victims to drink alcohol who he then raped and sexually assaulted before they were brutally attacked and left for dead. The victims who survived were only 14 at the time. During the start of autumn 2006, Tobin then went on to murder Angelica Kluke. The 23-year-old was also brutally attacked, raped and her body hidden under the floorboards of a church. It has been reported she was still alive when she was buried. Following Tobin's conviction, the body of Vicky Hamilton was found buried in the garden of a property where Tobin had lived during 1991. She was 15 when she disappeared in February that same year. Detectives began investigating the possibility that Tobin might have been involved in the murders of Nicola Fellows and Karen Hadaway as he had lived on Dyke Road in Brighton for several years until he moved away in the late 80s. During the investigation, a second body was discovered in Tobin's former home in Margate. 18-year-old Dinah McNichol had disappeared in August 1991. The Association of Chief Police Officers has launched what's called a scoping exercise, looking at Tobin's movements in relation to any deaths and disappearances still on police files. Police examined the possibilities that Tobin was involved in the Wild Park murders, though he was eventually ruled out due to lack of evidence. For his crimes, Peter Tobin is currently in prison, sentenced to a whole life order. 
It had been almost 23 years since Nicola Fellows and Karen Hadaway had been murdered. In April 2009, two people were arrested in the early morning hours. In a strange turn of events, there had been an investigation not into the young girl's murders, but child abuse allegations. The historic child abuse charges were laid against two men, one 55 and the other 44. The men were not named in the press initially, though rumour and speculation were rife. Journalists were asking, were these individuals possibly connected to the murders? In shocking news, for not only supporters of the family, but the family themselves, Barry Fellows was arrested on suspicion of conspiracy to rape his daughter Nicola. Fellows' brothers had been campaigning for changes to the law, ensuring harsher sentences for paedophiles and child murderers. Dougie Judd, former lodger at the time of the murders, was also arrested on suspicion of rape in a joint operation by Cheshire and Sussex police. In response, Barry Fellows provided a statement after he was released on bail, which read in part, quote, I am absolutely devastated that the police have chosen to revisit this false claim and arrest myself and another man. Not a day goes by when Nicola is not on my mind and in my family's thoughts. The allegation was made by Marion Stevenson, Russell Bishop's girlfriend at the time of the crime. She had been interviewed by the News of the World around the time of the trial and had mentioned that Nicola had been raped. Sussex Police Major Crime Unit appealed to the public for any information that might assist the investigation telling the press that the sex crimes were separate from the murders, though this could change depending on what information was uncovered. The two men were bailed until the middle of June, while police continued with their inquiries. Following the arrests and naming of the suspects, Newspapers across the country were quick to allege that Nicola's father could very well be one of the men responsible for the Babes in the Wood murders. After all, it was always postulated that the girls were killed by someone they knew. It appeared they trusted the person that killed them, as there were no signs that they were dragged to the spot where they were found. And it was always queried how a single suspect could restrain and subdue two girls at once. News articles flooded the tabloids with details on how this was not the first time that Barry Fellows had been interviewed by police. He was reportedly one of the possible suspects detectives considered after the murders. Over the following months, chins began to wag, with the public curious as to why Nicola's father and a family friend were arrested. What evidence did police have? And why were officers not arresting them in connection with the murders? To add to the confusion, on June 18, 2009, two months since their arrests, both men were told they would not face charges and they were released from police bail. A spokesman from the force said, When there are serious allegations made, in this case alleging that sexual crimes had been committed against a child, the public rightly expect us to investigate. 
After receiving information, we arrested and interviewed two men. That process and the inquiries that followed have enabled us to decide we will not be taking action against either man. Several articles in the press spoke of the baffling nature of the arrests, puzzled by how the father of one of the victims would be arrested for such awful offences, but then be released. In spite of police dropping any potential charges, this did not stop the rumours. While the police made attempts to justify the arrests, in an interview with the BBC, Barry Fellows spoke of how he felt degraded when he was taken into custody. Three computers, DVDs and a mobile phone were collected as evidence following his arrest and questioning at Blakem Police Station. Barry Fellows was held for three hours before being questioned. They took away my trousers, he said. I wasn't allowed to wear them because they had a cord in them and I might be possibly hanging myself in the cell. They should have knocked on my door and rung me and said, Mr. Fellows, do you mind if we come in? Have a look around, take a few things away, take them to a professional who can examine this and examine that. Would you mind coming down to the police station and making a statement? I would have been perfectly all right with that, rather than arrest me in front of all my neighbours and take me away in a police car. After being released, Barry Fellows was unable to return to his job as a checkout operator at a local supermarket, as he was told by his employer they could not guarantee his safety. With unfounded rumours hanging over his head, life wasn't made any easier for Barry Fellows. Not only did he have to come to terms with his daughter and her best friend being murdered, but he was also arrested, suspected of conspiracy to rape his daughter Nicola, only for the charges to be dropped. The intervening years between the next milestone since the girl's deaths, the 25-year anniversary, must have been a fresh torture. On October 10th, 2011, the surviving parents of Nicola and Karen returned to Wild Park to hold the vigil for their children, whose murders still remained unsolved for a quarter of a century. Flowers and photos were laid at the foot of a tree before two white doves were released in front of family and friends who had gathered to pay their respects. Barry Fellow said, Their souls are trapped in this park and they won't be able to rest until the person who killed them is dead or in prison. Until then, none of us can rest. Nicola's mother and Barry's former partner Susan went on to say, People tell you life goes on and that I need to put it behind me, but how can I? How can you forget that your child was murdered? To have any sort of peace of mind... We need to know who did this. At the time, police were only able to offer their condolences, telling the press that the investigation remained unsolved. The 26th anniversary passed with little movement on the case, as did the 27th, 28th and 29th. The period was marked with campaigning for tougher sentences on those people convicted of sex crimes against children 
and petitioning Downing Street to ensure that Russell Bishop was never released. The families also faced yet more upset as the Memorial Park bench was vandalised for a second time. It was the spot closest to the scene where the family were allowed to stand as forensic work was being carried out during the original investigation. The main timber plank on which someone would sit had been entirely smashed in two. Banners marking the significance of the date and calling for justice hung only a short distance away. There was nothing to suggest who was responsible. Sussex Police and KSD Environmental Services, who originally installed the bench, offered to pay the cost for it to be repaired. Almost three decades had passed, and the murders of Karen Hadaway and Nicola Fellows appeared to be a case that would forever remain unsolved. That was until an arrest was made on May 10th, 2016. I'm Detective Christopher Smith of Sussex and Surrey Major Crime Team and I have a warrant for your arrest. The warrant has been obtained under the provisions of Section 87 of the Criminal Justice Act 2003 and is signed by a district judge. I'm arresting you on the suspicion of the murders of Nick and Fellows and Hathaway on or around Thursday, 9th of October, The name of the person arrested could not be published, only that new information had come to light. The press mentioned little about the case, and the police said even less from the office where they worked under Operation Yukon. The 30th anniversary was marked much like the previous years. Friends and family gathered to pay their respects, and although an arrest had been made, the family
Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. Information on this episode can be found in the show notes or on our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.